Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts. On today's episode, we are joined by Barstool Sports' Chris Castellani to talk about his Michigan Wolverines. But first, there's some uh, quotes out of the press conference with Mel Tucker and company that came out. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, you wonderful Spartan fans, and happy Tuesday, October 26th, here during Hate Week 2021. That's right. We are near to the game that, uh, yeah, we've all been thinking about for quite some time now, so... And we're rolling through with uh, more content for you this week on the Locked on Spartans podcast. That's right. We do this five days a week, Monday through Friday. Uh, Yesterday, we cracked open the mailbag and gave a quick intro to Hate Week. Today, we are joined by Barstool Sports' Chris Castellani. And then for the rest of the week, we're all over the place. Um, We've got Josh Pate of Quick, uh, sorry, Late Kick Josh joining us sometime. we got Jarrell Worthy joining us on Friday. we got Stephen Brooks joining us as well. Uh, yeah, we've got a, a whole lot of uh, MSU Michigan talk before the game kicks off Saturday at noon. Uh, we will get to our guy Chris here in a little bit for a pretty, very civil conversation about Michigan. Uh, I mean, Chris is, you know, one of my favorite people out there. He, he's great. He uh, talks very level-headed and rational about his team. Uh, I wish I could say the same uh, about myself, but hey, you know what? Chris was able to do it, so yeah, it was a great conversation with him about uh, what to expect out of his team this weekend and just his thoughts on the game in general. Uh, But first, yeah, we've got a little bit of news to get to, Uh, just Mel Tucker's weekly press conference. Nothing too crazy came out of that, Uh, but first, oh yeah, East Lansing, uh, if, if you didn't know by now, is going to be the place to be on Saturday as College Game Day and Fox's uh, big noon Saturday pregame show, whatever they call that, uh, are both going to be at East Lansing. Uh, I did not think that College Game Day would be going to this game as they have the Penn State-Ohio State game at night. And, well, this game's on Fox. But when Penn State kind of drops the ball against Illinois and that matchup becomes a little less relevant than this one, uh, that's going to get Lee Corso and the gang over to East Lansing as soon as possible. So, yeah, two <laughs> two uh, big network pregame shows uh, coming to East Lansing. So, yeah, this uh, goes without saying. It's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one. Um, all right, so let's just uh, plow through some things that happened with uh, Mondays with Mel at his weekly press conference. Uh, I, I'm sure you're like me. You're waiting to hear what his quotes were going to be about the LSU job rumors. Nothing really crazy. Uh, he says, quote, my focus is on the upcoming game versus the school down the road. <gasps> oh, no, he didn't deny it. Oh, no. I, I don't really. That, that That's honestly, but that's a fine quote in, in my book. Um, not a lot he can say. Again, the time to start worrying is going to be December when that rolls around. So no, right now, whatever he says, whether it be, oh, my plans to stay here at Michigan State for a long time or oh, I'm here to focus on the school down the road. Like, yeah, like he's, he's not going to like come out and say like, oh, no, I'm actually going to LSU on a five-year, $8 million a year salary with a $55 million buyout. Like, no, he's not going to say anything. So yeah, it was going to be coach speak through and through. This is how he did it. He's not going to... Yeah, say anything that's going to, A, you know, lead to believe that he's going to go to LSU, but more so, from his point of view, uh, say anything that would maybe uh, harm negotiations with MSU for a 
longer contract, a higher salary. So, and listen, it's 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 all a negotiation game. And, uh, yeah, he also parlayed that into, like, I'm not going to talk about the LSU job because we have to be super, super focused on the team ahead this week. And that was really the bulk of the rest of the press conference, just talking about how focused the team is, uh, keeping their eye on the Wolverines. Uh, Xavier Henderson spoke to the media, Connor Hayward as well. They gave no bulletin material, no bulletin board material up, which is great. I mean, very complimentary of the Wolverines. Uh, yeah, it's not saying anything stupid. Um, I guess one piece of news is from Xavier Henderson, and it's not really too shocking at all, but Henderson says, quote, it is hopefully his last game in the MSU-Michigan rivalry. Quote, definitely this one, I'll try to take it all in. Yes, he is a fourth-year senior, but uh, they all have this extra COVID year they could burn up. So Henderson's essentially saying that he's out for the NFL after this season, but if you've just watched even a half of a game that he's played in, you'll understand that, yeah, he should be playing uh, on Sundays next year. So not really anything earth-shattering there. Uh, back to Mel Tucker, what he was talking about. He said uh, the team's been using his bye week to get uh, some guys that are banged up healthy. Of course, he doesn't go into specifics about who should or could be back. Uh, but however, Drew Beasley, one of the best defensive players that has missed the last few games with a leg injury, was seen... On social media, in a picture uh, posted by his alma mater, De La Salle, not wearing a walking boot or anything. So, ooh, could we be getting Mr. Beasley back? If not even just for a, a limited performance on Saturday, but maybe he's a full go. But, yeah, all that Tucker offered to that speculation is, quote, he'll be ready when he's ready. So, if that was on your bingo card, should have been the free space. Uh, go ahead and mark that off. So, yeah, I mean, pretty... Good press conference. I mean, address the LSU rumors. Didn't really say much else because, yeah, why give your opponent, especially your rival, uh, anything to put on their bulletin board this week? All right, so let's get to our chat with Chris Castellani of Barstool Sports. Um, yeah, let's do that right now. Yeah, I think I'd be better with this transition, but no, I'm not. All right, here we go. Honored to be joined by friend of the podcast and who has gotten way more big time since the last time he's been on here. Yes, I am talking about Barstool Sports' own Chris Castellani, the man, the myth, the legend. He's just the best. I, I said it yesterday's podcast, I don't get along with a lot of Michigan fans, but you know what? There's just something special about Chris. Chris, how on earth are you doing, man? You doing okay? I'm hanging in there, dude. It's been uh, it's been a very hectic time, obviously. Yeah, a little bit's changed in my life, I would say, since the last sure. time I was, on this po- <laughs> I was on this podcast. But no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to help out. Um, you know, when when you're staying at home most of the time, I can jump on a podcast or two occasionally, and I'm I'm happy to come on here, especially in a week like this and a game like this that's uh, as important as it is. Yeah. And you know, okay, as a lot of you people know, uh, Chris is a Michigan fan, so uh, no kidding, he's part of this rivalry. So before we get to talk about the game, let's talk about the outside of the game. Like, what's your favorite part of this rivalry? And also, what's your least favorite part of this rivalry? If you want to pick out both sides, you know, what's weird is to me the pros are the cons for this rivalry where it's yeah. like the biggest yes. pro is that is just how much people care. I mean, that it's, yes. they're really like, I find like I've gotten into arguments with that, you know, back and forth on Twitter about like, man, you're so passionate about the tigers. You're too passionate about the tigers. I'm like, well, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's cool. I think that's a barstool thing that makes us cool. Is that everyone like, like there is no one in the world who talks about the Mets the way like Frank the tank does. And it's awesome. Sure. And it's hilarious. And it's passionate and it's cool. On the downside, it's that people just care so much. I mean, it's it's this is a game and a week and a rivalry that affects people's moods. I mean, it affects people's years. I, 
I'll be real. There is still a part. Yeah, yeah. You're you're putting your hand, hand up. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm still, because uh, usually even more so than with with baseball, there's still those moments, and especially when I was working for Mason Brew and we were doing this every week, mm-hmm. where last year's Michigan State game would come up, and I would just, I would the snowball effect would start <laughs> happening. I would just get pissed, and I still, and that one. Sure. I, if there's anything about this year's game, especially from a Michigan perspective, and I, like, I don't know how many of the fans are going to want to admit to it. I don't know how many of the players are going to want to admit to it. But, like, last year was as embarrassing as it got. Not just – to be honest, take away the rivalry standpoint from it. Like, take sure. away the fact that it was first-year coach who, you know, taught an entire playbook on Zoom. Yeah, take all that away. Yeah, you lost to a team with a first-year coach that, you know, was lost to Rutgers the week before. If it wasn't a rivalry game, that would have been a terrible loss. So, I mean, it's it, it's it's there's that fine line where, like, there is that incredible positive of the fact that everyone is so into it, and there's that incredible negative that people can sometimes be too into it. We will be back with our guy Chris in a hot second, but first need to talk to you. Find folks about Prize Picks. That's right, Prize Picks, the leader in college sports daily fantasy. Price Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players from the Power 5 as well as mid-major players you may have never even heard of. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. So after you download the app on the App Store or Google Play, and after you deposit using promo code LOCKEDON for a 100% instant deposit match up to $100, you pick two to five players. And the over-under on their projections, like I said, touchdowns, interceptions thrown, rushing yards, for example. It's just you against the numbers, no one else's lineup. You could win up to 10 times in any entry. And also, if you're a baseball fan or an NBA fan, you could do mixed sport entries as well. So you could do, uh, let's say, LeBron combined uh, points with over Jaden Reed receiving yards as well. Yeah, you, you can mix it up. Dabble in uh, some other sports in there. So, Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. And best of all, guys, they offer safe and fast withdrawals. So do not hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, LOCKEDON, or go to the App Store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And also, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. All right, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, oh, does your Cavalier need a Spavalier Kabloomer? I don't know. I don't know car parts. I don't know anything. I barely know how to use a steering wheel functionally. But luckily, the family folks at Rock Auto are here to take care of your auto part needs, even if you're not a car guy like myself. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? You would only do it if you were a big clown. Here. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every single customer and have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, and gas pedals. So go explore the easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto part needs. Head to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How'd you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. And before getting back to our great chat with Chris Castellani of Barstool Sports, just want to thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. That's right, five days a week, free and available wherever you get your podcast. 
Thank you for talking about last year's game. I know we only have a few more days of those bragging rights uh, automatically <laughs> we'll we'll rolling see. over for state fans. But to, to brighten your mood, at least, uh, mm-hmm. what are you feeling the best about for Michigan's team this year? What, seven games in? I think you guys are seven yeah, now, right? Seven, yeah. yeah. Um, the offensive line is substantially improved. I think that gotcha. this is a team that they're, they found their identity again. Um, I like both the running backs they have. I, I Honestly, I would say the biggest positive, though, is I, I am a fan of the personnel changes. Um, I've had a million issues with the Jim Harbaugh tenure, but the one thing that I give him a lot of credit for is um, he has not gone down without trying. He's made a bunch of coaching changes. Now you could say he made some of them too late. I think they probably stuck with Don Brown a little bit too long. Um, Gaddis, I'm still not crazy about at all, but you know, uh, you bring in Mike Hart to be the running backs coach, uh, which I was kind of skeptical about, but the way that Coram and Haskins have performed this year, very happy with that. Mike McDonald's defense has done a really good job, but I think I think in general there's just a there's just an aura of confidence that's coming off of this team that wasn't there over the last couple of years. I think with guys like Hutchinson, I think there's substantially better leadership on this team than there was uh, a year or two ago, and I think it's it's allowed them to get back to the point that they were uh, prior to 2020, which is a team that's capable of winning those nine or ten games under Harbaugh. And to bring your mood down and to play to our crowd now, what what concerns you? On the contrary, what what are you a little worried about? Even though you guys are seven and zero, is there something that's still lingering out there? Yeah, they don't have a quarterback. I mean, hmm, that's, that's really, important. That, okay, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And I I've really gone back and forth with it because I understand you know from the backup quarterback job at Michigan is the greatest job of all time because you are always the next big thing. When That's it was, a great point. Wow. When it yeah. Was, when state was <laughs> struggling. Oh man. Well, Corn's going to be the guy. Corn's sure. terrible. Oh dude, it's going to be Brandon Peters. When, when yeah. Patterson stuck, Oh McCaffrey. Well, he's, he's great. Oh Milton. He's going to be awesome. So like if I'm JJ McCarthy, I'm just kind of sitting in the back, you know, like that gif of that guy behind the tree, rubbing <laughs> right. his hands. Like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. Um, I believe JJ McCarthy has an incredibly high ceiling. Um, but given the way things went last year, you can't go with high ceiling anymore. You got to return to stability. And uh, McCarthy, or I'm sorry, McNamara has done everything for the most part that they've asked him to. But my fear is they run into the issues that they ran into in 17 in this game, you know, against Michigan State that they ran into last year. Um, to a certain extent that they ran into in 15, which is, all right, you got a good team and you got a good defense and you mm-hmm. have solid skill position players, but at some point, this guy's going to have to make a throw downfield. And my, the the point that I, my hope, and it's it's wishful thinking here, dude, but my hope is that McNamara has this, like, to make the Michigan State comparison, like that Connor Cook in 2013 arc, where, like, I remember watching that Michigan State team and being like, dude, this defense rules. This is one of the best defenses I've ever seen. But are they going to be able to go on the road and beat Nebraska and beat Ohio State and win their bowl game if Connor Cook is just this kind of just so-so average quarterback? Now they got to November and he played great. And he be, that's when he became Connor Cook. I don't see that happening from McNamara because I think they've given him the opportunities. I, everyone wants to see the next guy. But you got to do what you can to win the football game that week. Like, I, you can't be just handing out participation trophies. And I think for the most part, They've given JJ, you know, opportunity. He played the entire second half against Western. He played the fourth quarter against Wisconsin. He played a fair amount last week. Um, I think that they are hell bent on sticking with McNamara. The only way is if they get out to East Lansing and it's fourteen nothing halfway through the second quarter, and they're not moving the ball. Then it, mm-hmm. out of desperation, much like they did last year in the Rutgers game, taking out Milton, they may be forced to make a change. But um, yeah, I mean that that's my biggest fear, and it's. 
a time is a flat circle. Because I mean, how many times have we have Michigan sure. fans have this discussion now? I mean, it's right. it's disappointing. <laughs> and I think I think Cade from the cerebral part of the game does many things well. I think he's a good leader. I think he reads defenses. I think he goes through his progressions pretty well. It's just the ceiling is incredibly low. And uh, low ceiling quarterbacks don't win Big Ten titles, and, and they don't. They have a tendency not to be their rivals, and that's kind of my biggest fear. And just with the rest of the passing game, too, I know you guys lost your top receiver to start the year, and I'm so sorry. I'm blanking on his name for some reason. Right, right, I'm so, right. Thank you. I, I swear I'm not just trying to pull out. Oh, no, I don't know anyone in Michigan. I really yeah. – okay, anyway. who like? How are the receivers, though, Like if, when you guys do connect on passes and the passing game does have the rare moment of working? Like, Are the receivers fine, or are they just yeah. – Okay. You know how I feel? I feel very similar to how I felt when O'Corn was the quarterback four years ago, where people were talking, oh, because that was the year they had this incredible receiving class when they had Tariq Black, yeah. and DTJ, and Nico Collins. Um, and it, at the time, like they weren't putting up big numbers, but I remember saying, if you get a guy who can get him the ball, these guys are going to be good players. And now, you know, I still feel like they were completely underutilized, but guess what? DPJ and Nico Collins are playing in the NFL right now. Yeah. Uh, DPJ has been quite good uh, for, for Cleveland. So, um, I think the receiving core is fine. Even when they lost Ronnie Bell, there was that was a huge impact because he's their leading receiver. But uh, there there was a psychological element to that that I think hurt him even more. So he's kind of the leader in the team, leader in the clubhouse. You know, everybody likes him. Um, but for the most part, I think there is enough depth at the receiving core. You know, when Kate's throwing him the ball, they've caught it. I mean, I, I think I. I, that's good. Yeah. I, right. That, that's, <laughs> typically, that's solid if you want to be a receiver. In sure. Yeah. Uh, but typically, I, I I worry at points about their inability to create separation. But that's an issue that's been there since you know for several years since Gaddis became the offensive coordinator, which makes me wonder if it's more so the play calling than it is the route running itself. But I think the receiving core is it's serviceable. They just you know they they, they need to open it up a little bit more and have somebody can give them the ball downfield. No question. And like the, the last uh, question I have about the offense is, well, the biggest component of the offense is the running backs. You have Corum, you have Haskins. Are, are they similar in running styles or are, is there a little bit difference with their, like what, what makes those two guys special for, for you guys? Well, you know, you know what's weird to me is Haskins has kind of evolved as a running back. Cause I remember two years ago when him and Charbonnet were freshmen, mm-hmm. the kind of uh, line about those two was, Hey, Charbonnet is the power guy and Haskins. He's the speed back. Well, now two years later, Haskins has put on a ton of muscle and he's the power guy and Corum's the speedster. Um, I think that they complement each other very well. Um, I think, I think Corum has a much higher ceiling because I, and I said this in my post game last week, I think there's a Christian McCaffrey esque element to uh, Blake Corum's game where they've used him a lot out of the backfield as a receiver. He's returned kicks. Um, I think that I'm typically not a huge fan of running back by committee, but when you have two guys whose uh, style of play, uh, is you know se- separate from each other. I-, I think that it it makes good things happen. That you know that's the one unit uh, that has been immensely improved this year. And that that was something that was lost the last year. It seemed like they tried four or five different guys, and nobody really established themselves. Uh, these two guys have have really uh, have really stepped up, and they've allowed this team to uh, find find their identity again as a running team. And just to go back to last year, I just reliving the glory days for MSU fans. The, the secondary for Michigan got incinerated yeah. last year in this game. Like, is, is the secondary still a concern? Like, I'm sure they're not going to give up 200 yards to a random receiver, but is it still a little concern or is it way, way different this year? Um, It's better. That is one element that I think is going overlooked a little bit is okay. it is so much better than it was last year. I also chalk up last year's failures in many ways to Don Brown's inability to adjust and adapt. I mean, like after the second quarter, 
they were still <laughs> playing man to man against yeah. Ricky White. Like, and, and Vincent yeah. Gray was getting torched. I think Daxton Hill is an NFL uh, DB. I think he's spectacular. Sure. I think that he's he's the best DB that Michigan's had, in my opinion, since Jordan Lewis was here. I think he's great. I'm still not a huge believer in Gray and Green um, in single coverage. Now, where Mike McDonald has done a tremendous, what Mike McDonald has done a tremendous job of this year um, is not putting these guys in position where they're getting beat play in and play out in single coverage. They've gone to more zone. Uh, you know, Daxon Hill is, as a DB is a very good safety ball hawk. I mean, it, there's there's a lot of things that they've done to kind of mask those issues. But I do I do fear that when they play a team who has a quarterback and a, and a team that's got to put the ball up 40 times, um, if those issues are going to persist. I think that some of the problems that were there in the Don, Don Brown era, trouble stopping crossing routes, man-to-man coverage issues, uh, like I said, they've been able to mask that problem. But I do think that that is one issue where I think Michigan State could um, try to exploit that weakness a little bit if you're able to get Vincent Gray potentially in single coverage again, and especially given MSU's talent at the wide receiver position, that could be a problem. And obviously, you know, the common college football fan knows Aiden Hutchinson, they know Dax Hill, but is there like a third place guy for defensive standout for, for you guys? I mean, I think Jabo uh, standing next to Aiden Hutchinson on the, on the D line has done, uh, has had a phenomenal year. I mean, it's very okay. reminiscent, at least a separate position, but I remember three years ago when you had, uh, when you had Winovich and you had, uh, and you had Devin Bush. So one of the guys who was racking up a bunch of sacks was Josh Uche. And it was kind of a pick your poison thing because you're guarding those guys. You had Rashawn Gary on the D line. And then you have this linebacker at the Viper position coming in and, and accumulating a lot of tackles for loss. I think he's had a great year. I think he's going to be another um, NFL caliber uh, uh, lineman for, uh, for Michigan. But uh, no, he's, he's, he's the one standout, I would say, beyond some of the star players that you see. Yeah. And we will be back to round out the show with our guy, Chris Castellani of Barstool Sports. But first, I need to talk to you fine folks about sweat block wipes. That's right, baby. If, you, uh, if you're like me, you are going to be very nervous for Saturday's game. And not just because it's against the Wolverines, but I, I get pretty rattled over uh, any Michigan State game. But if you are not like me, you are going to be sweating during that game. Ever since sweat block wipes has come into my life, I don't have to worry about perspiring every single snap of a Michigan State game because you know what? You give the old armpits a swipe on Monday, it will keep you sweat-free for up to seven days. I was just talking with actually someone very recently that said it works uh, 10 days with them. So, woo-wee, this doctor-created, doctor-recommended product really gets the job done. Uh, we got some testimonies here, too. This one's from a Hollywood producer. Straight out of Hollywood, we have a producer who was working on the set of a mar- Marvel, Marvel movie. Nailed it. Maybe you've heard of it. She was working 18-hour days for weeks in the hot Atlanta heat. She heard about Sweatblock, started using it, and absolutely loved it. No more sweaty production days. And she even reports that one A-list actor used it, maybe the green one, to stay dry on set and on the red carpet. So, take it from me. Take it from the Hollywood producer. Sweatblock wipes the doctor created doctor doctor recommended product works baby that's right and they got the dry shirt guarantee let's say in the off chance that uh, you do get a little bit of sweat on you you're gonna get your hard earned money back so if you were someone uh, you know is dealing with excessive sweat have them check out sweat block that's right go to sweatblock.com and use promo code locked on and save 20 percent off your order once again guys sweatblock.com use promo code locked on and get 20% off your order. That's sweatblock.com. And also, guys, I need to talk to you about, well, actually, something I'm wearing right now. That's right. I'm talking home field apparel 
Hoo-hoo-wee. That's right, the licensed collegiate apparel company that focuses on unique, premium, and thoughtfully designed vintage apparel. It looks amazing. Go just check out the website. Just do some window shopping. Go to homefieldapparel.com and check out all 19 of the vintage Michigan State designs. You might think you know all the logos in Michigan State's history, but mm-mm. Homefield Apparel, uh, that will correct you right there because they look through old game programs, old yearbooks. They talk to historians of the school. And they just get the cool stuff. And as cool as it looks, it's somehow even more comfortable to wear. Like, I beat my hoodies into the ground, my t-shirts into the ground. I have, oh God, washed them over and over again. And hey, the quality still holds up. I mean, it's truly the the, the best clothing I've ever put on. Uh, And if, if you know me, you also know I like saving money as well. And Homefield Apparel is here to do that, guys. Check out homefieldapparel.com. Smash in promo code Locked On Spartans. That's right, the name of this podcast, but all one word, no spaces. Locked On Spartans, and that'll get you fifteen percent off your first purchase. Also, guys, holiday uh, those will be here before you know it, so you might want to do some holiday shopping right now. And if you do, one more time, guys, use promo code Locked On Spartans for fifteen percent off your first purchase at HomeFieldApparel.com. All right, let's get back to our guy, Chris Castellani of Barstool Sports. It, just in the game as a whole, like you, you wrote a great piece for Barstool Sports just talking about what this win or loss would, would mean for both teams. But And it's hard to predict emotions, what's going to happen. Right. But if Michigan are to lose this game, like is it going to be the torches are back out for Harbaugh to be fired? Or did the 7-0 start kind of cool that seed enough where even a loss Saturday won't be the end of the world for, for him? It'll depend on who you ask. Expectations have changed. Yeah. I mean, I think with the expectation – or with the extension, expectations changed. I, I don't think there was anybody who was expecting – 11 and one, 10 and two. I just, you got to beat one of your rivals at some point, man. I, I mean, that that's the part mm-hmm. I wrote in my piece where like, look, I, I've moved beyond the, we got to beat Ohio state narrative. Cause mm-hmm. like, I mean, did you watch them last week? I mean, like they're, they're just, you know, they, they're, they're back. They're, unfortunately they're back. They're back. <laughs> it's so funny. Cause Anthony Broom, who was, but you know, we worked together for Mason Brew. I, uh-huh. I remember watching the Oregon game. And I said, this is the game Ohio State's going to lose early in the year to make everyone think they're not as good as they are. And then they're going to be yep. putting up 50 burgers against every team the rest of the way. Um, yep. So but I'm, the thing is, it's not it's not like Michigan is losing that game and Ohio State is going eight and four every year. You know, this they've mm-hmm. won four straight conference titles. I mean, they they curb stomped uh, Trevor Lawrence last year and made it to the national championship. I mean, this is a problem that the rest of the Big Ten has. But um, you cannot feasibly make the argument that this is a program in Michigan that's building to a big 10 title and building to a point where they can match up with and beat Ohio state. If you're consistently losing games to the other team in your state, I think that will be kind of, that would make, would make this loss. If it does end up happening, devastating is the fact that you look at these programs and you say, you know, where do we go from here? Cause I, when D'Antonio in his last couple of years, but especially when D'Antonio left mm-hmm. as much as they struggled those last couple seasons, there was a collective sigh of relief um, among a lot of Michigan fans thinking, okay, that, that age of losing yeah. whatever it was, seven out of 10, you're losing four in a row, you know, MSU finding ways to win this game. Those days, those, we, that, that problem has subsided. I mean, there was 44 to 10, two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you bring in Mel Tucker, who's, you know, done this tremendous job in the transfer portal, building up the culture. And I wrote about it in my piece and, um, it feels like that problem that you thought was put to the wayside uh, has reared its ugly head again. So, I mean, I think look, every time they lose a game, there's people calling for them to be fired. I mean, that's just the lay of the land here. That's, that's, that's going to happen. But I think um, 
I think that there is a level of apathy now where the writing's on the wall. They're going to win their customary eight to 10 games this year mm-hmm. and, okay. and he'll be the coach next year. Um, personally, I, if they go nine and three or 10 and two and their losses are to their rivals, like it's hard for me to call it a successful campaign because those losses leave a bitter taste in your mouth. Yeah, that's understandable. And of course, you know, the, the fire X coach is always going to be there, but I figure right, that's yeah. a rational person like yourself. Um, this is a hard spot, but I got to do it because I'm a talking head person. I yeah, know it's ahead. Monday. We got a lot of time left for the game, yeah. but do you have a prediction for this game? Like, do you, do yeah, you, well, I mean, I was, I've been trying to – for weeks, I've been putting the piece together of where I'm gonna, how I'm going to predict this. I think I think Michigan State will win the football game. <gasps> I, do, I know, right? You see, this is oh – I tweeted somebody – somebody the other day that by the end of this week, both sides are going to hate me, but it's – you know, I am I'm, – I'm, <laughs> No, come on. Yeah. My allegiance is to the truth. And, and I look, I'm, I'm so pessimistic about this whole thing mm-hmm. that there is part of me that wonders, maybe there's just something I'm missing. Like maybe Michigan is going to be able to just run for 250 yards. And if they do that, then they'll win. But I think I just, in a game like this, I just have serious concerns about whether or not Cade McNamara is going to be able to make, he's going to have to make at least one big throw. And if yeah. he does, you know, that changes. If Michigan wins the turnover battle, that changes. But here's – and this – and I will give my score prediction, but there's one thing about Michigan State that I think is exploitable. Mm-hmm. I think their secondary is so-so. And, and I think in some of their games – you know, the Miami game was like their signature win this year. But people forget, Matt, Derek King was like 22 for 25 at one point in that game. I mean, oh, yeah. he, was really, he was really slinging it. What happened was – Miami wasn't finishing drives and they were playing from behind in the second half and ultimately got some turnovers. So how do you combat a weak secondary? Well, what you have is you have a quarterback who can sling it across the field. I don't think Michigan has that. Now, if he comes out and he, he goes for 250 yards and his, he doesn't turn the ball over. I, I will be the first one to tip my cap and say I was wrong. I hope I am, but um, I will, I'm leaning towards 24, 17 Michigan state in this game. I think it'll be really close. I think that one or two bounces, of the ball will make the difference, but that's, um, that, that's, that's kind of where I'm leaning towards. And this is, yeah, it, it, even playing at home doesn't have as much of a impact on my prediction here either. I mean, the, the home team outside of 2019, which was the blowout, the, the home team has lost this game a lot, uh, over the last, yeah. you know, dating back to 2015. So, um, I think it'll be a very close game. Uh, one or two bounces, of the ball could change things, but I, I think, I'm leaning towards Michigan State pulling this one off. No, I appreciate you sharing that prediction because honestly, I I don't even have a prediction <laughs> for this game. I, and... I didn't until yesterday. I, I've been I've been holding yeah. it back until until yesterday. But I just I the the Northwestern game. I wanted to see if there was something I saw out of McNamara that made me think, okay, you know what? Maybe we're seeing the next evolution. Maybe he is going to go to Spartan Stadium and he's got the confidence on the way that, you know, to, again, to make the Michigan state comparison, mm-hmm. the Iowa game for Connor cook in 2013, when yeah. everyone's like, is it Maxwell? Is it cook went to Kinnick and played really, really well. And right away, you're like, he's our guy. Maybe we got a shot now. Um, I'm, I've been waiting for that moment out of Cade. Some of it is on the coaching. I mean, you know, they run the ball successfully. So why, you know, no need to put it up 40 times a game if they, if they can't stop you. But I, ha- I just have not seen anything out of the quarterback play that makes me think, I got, uh, you know, I, I have faith that Michigan's going to win this game. And, and that gives me pause, too, from a Michigan State side. I love that we're just talking against our own schools right now because right, I, 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 could, I could see it being, like, who has a better run game? Like, Michigan's obviously is established. But what worries me is, like, Michigan State's offensive line, I think, is is the biggest hole right here. And and we know that weather can play a role in these oh, games yeah. in the recent history. And right now, as it stands, I mean, forecast can change, especially five days out. But 
We're looking at like 12 to 15 mile an hour winds. I don't know how friendly of an environment that is to throw the ball in. So I, I, you talk about getting really down and dirty into the minutia of a game. How about yeah. wind forecast five days out for you right there? So I don't well, know. I'll be. It's, it's like you said, it's made a difference many times in this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, especially in recent history. I mean, you know, last year was beautiful, but you know, I think, I think back to 17 where, you know, Michigan state had their game plan and the weather played into that game plan. I mean, they, you know, force heavens opened up and that's, yeah, that's yeah. right. Baby. And then, uh, you know, uh, 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 what's I can't even remember who are uh, O'Corner DeBoard I think maybe decided to turn uh to, to turn John O'Corner to Patrick Mahomes and he was slinging it in a in a you know in a, in a rainstorm but uh, no I mean it, it, it'll make a difference <laughs> it'll it'll it can definitely make a difference I, I I think you're right about their offensive line the one thing though is that they, because of how good Kenneth Walker has been like he's masked that problem but you know this yes. is this this is the best D line they faced. For sure. You know, I don't. And the other point, too, is I think there's a there's a way that Michigan can contain Kenneth Walker and still lose this game. Like, I don't I don't see him going for 230 yards. If he does, then, you know, you could book him for New York for the high, you know, Heisman ceremony, at least to be there. I, I don't I don't see that being a thing. But the difference is I, I've seen more out of Peyton Thorne than I have out of Kate. And that's what yeah. that's what gives me pause and, and makes me think All right, I'm leaning towards Michigan State. That's another fun part about this game, too, is that both sides are going to be seeing the best units that they've seen all year. Like, Michigan's yeah. going to be seeing the best run game. Like, Michigan State's going to be seeing the best defensive front they've seen all year. And that's yeah. been, like, the hilarious part. Like, I've brought this up in my pod maybe 16 times, but, like, both sides kind of play this game of chicken where, like, they don't want to admit that they also haven't played anyone either this season. It's right. like, Michigan fans are like, oh, you guys haven't played anyone. You barely beat Nebraska. State fans are like, well, you guys barely beat Rutgers and barely beat Nebraska. It's like, both teams have faced, like, essentially nobody here so like this yeah. is finally going to be the litmus test to see how good each team is it's so it's so funny because the two games preseason where i'm like okay this will like they'll go in one or two directions based on these results were michigan state's game in miami and michigan's game against washington sure. uh-huh well both those teams kind of suck i mean They're going horrible. on the road and beating, <laughs> miami, beating miami is probably a little bit more impressive but like yeah king was still the quarterback yeah. then too yeah, yeah. That helps, you know. is a dead man walking i mean yes. the yes. washington game you know the the luster was taken out of that one when they lost to Montana. They've been terrible. So a I, bit, it's, yeah. it's the, honestly the most the your the most impressive wins each team has had have been road wins against teams that aren't very good. I mean Michigan, the Wisconsin win, like you have to call it impressive based on the fact they hadn't won there in twenty years. But like Wisconsin's mm-hmm. a mess. I mean they don't have a quarterback. So um, yeah, no, this is this is going to be their first real test. I and that's it's what I've said for a while. I don't think at the end of the year either one of these teams will be top 10 teams. I I, th- I think that there's two, I mean, they both got Ohio state coming. So, I mean, it's, that's, yeah. that's you know, one loss right there, but um, you know, I, I think that this is the perfect time for them to play each other because the anticipation is going to be the highest it's been and uh, good. Yeah. Look at that. Well, hey, I'll, I'll stop holding you hostage, man. I really appreciate it. No, but yeah, I, I, can, I was happy to talk about it. Yeah. I can kind of on one hand the amount of uh, Michigan fans I could speak nicely with. And it's, it's, it's the charming Chris Castellani now of Barstool sports, baby. So Chris, you're, you're the man. God, love you. You're the best. You're the I best. love you too, buddy. What, 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 else, what else can be said about Chris, you know, man? So thanks a lot. I really do appreciate, I appreciate your time. It. You're great talking to you, pal. Yeah. yeah, hey, enjoy the game. Not too much, but enjoy the game. How about that? I'll there do we my go. best. Yeah, we'll see. There we go. Attaboy. Love it. <laughs> see you, man. Awesome stuff, man. Great talking to you. Hey, no, awesome. Yep. Huge thanks to Chris, one of my all-time favorite people to talk to. He's always a, a great head on those shoulders right there, so... Massive, massive thank you to him, uh, especially with the, the, the busy week that he's got. I feel like anyone in media has got a busy week, so if anyone's um, squeezing us in during their busy schedule, massive, massive thank you to them. Uh, and for the future, 
Guys, uh, yes, we will have Stephen Brooks on later this week. We will have Josh Pate of Late Kick Josh on this week. And also former standout player Jarrell Worthy uh, will be joining the show this Friday as well. So, yeah, we've still got three great shows for you guys. Before kickoff happens, any slanting at noon on Fox. That's right, baby. Uh, if you want some more Big Ten football in your life, if you want to hear about more than the Spartans and Wolverines, check out Locked on Big Ten with our guy Nate Dickinson. That's right. Just like us, he's doing it five days a week over there as well and keeping you informed on the entire conference. So, once again, guys, just want to thank you very much for making Locked on Spartans your first listen every single day, especially in this very exciting week that we have here. Oh, boy. 7-0 Spartans, 7-0 Wolverines. Oh, and just a, a heart full of hate, baby. But not for you guys. I love every single one of you. Let's go. Let's have a day. Go Green.